Um, thank you, band. I, I, I mean, see, sometimes, you know, worship's not about us, but sometimes we need worship. You know, like sometimes we just need to say, hey, God's in control, God's good, you know, all that good stuff. So, um, Scott's not here. Uh, happy Sunday. Uh, I, I, thank you. I say that joke every time, and there's like two people that are like, give it up. But um, uh, I, I, I always, I love the book of James, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you have your Bibles, open it up to that. Uh, I do have one, as you're doing that, I have one last announcement. We are two weeks away from Camp Rock. Holy cow. Um, it's going to be amazing. High seas, adventure, pirates. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be super cool. I'm ta- I've been talking to Scott about like this. Sh- Oh, I don't want to say it, but uh, like it's, it's, there's going to be something up here. It's going to be really cool. Uh, sign your kids up. Sign yourself up to volunteer. We got forms in the back. Easiest, if you, if you want to know, easiest way for you, easiest way for me to sign up, to sign you up, is go online or check the email. Do it online. It's all, it's all digital. It's super easy. But hey, if you're more like physical copies, feel free. Grab one, fill it out, give it to me. Even if I know you're going to come sign up because then I don't forget to get you a shirt or, you know, all that stuff. It's just, I'm getting old folks, you know, it just help me out, make it easy on me. So, uh, love to have you there, especially love to have your kids there. It's going to be super cool. Um, yeah. So we're going to get started in the book of James. Uh, but before I do, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you that we can just sit here and worship you. And we take advantage of that all the time. Um, but today, uh, today is special. We're going to, we're going to make it, we're going to give it, we're going to, um, devote it to you, God. Pray for all these things in your name. Amen. So I was checking my contract and, uh, contractually I have to say one cheap, cheesy pastor joke a week. Okay. You ready for it? California. What do you get when you get earthquakes and a heat wave? Shake and bake. Let's keep going. Okay. So, uh, James, 1, 1 through 18. So very start of the book. We're going to be talking about something super cool today. If you check out that, that title, Wisdom, Wealth, and Winning. Happy Sunday. This is a great book. This is a great week. Uh, challenging, yes, but it's all about good stuff. So let's just get right in, into it, right? He's going to start off with a little bit of an intro. It says, James, the author, what he's writing about, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Holy cow, what does that mean? Okay, James. Which James? Does anyone know? Brother of Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, servant. It says servant right on, right? And, and that's kind of a cool double layer, right? Who's got a brother? Uh, who wants to say, yeah, I'm the servant of my brother? Uh, I don't have one, but like I got some cousins and I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you know. And, and James is saying, hey, I get it. This is the guy that Jesus is talking about where he's like, hey, you got to like leave your family and follow me. This is who he's talking about. And he's like, yeah, I get it. I totally understand. And so much so, I'm not just, my, I'm not just his brother. I'm not just part of his family. I'm a servant of him, right? Twelve tribes. Anyone, any, any, any flags going up? What do 12 tribes mean? right? 12 tribes, Old Testament stuff, right? Going back there. Dispersion, what does that mean? Scattered. So is this for a singular church? No. 
Is this for non-Christians? No. It's for believers everywhere. So if there's a book that you should start off with, uh, you're like, oh, I'm not sure, you know, that was written for these people over there in that time period. This is literally saying, if you are a Christian anywhere, this is for you, right? So that's a pretty cool start. Uh, Verse two, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Unless steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Uh, when I taught this to students, gosh, how long? Four, three years ago, four years ago, three years ago? I'm going to say three years ago, right? Every week, I drew, I drew a circle on the board. I had a big white board, I drew a circle. That circle is your life right? And James, he likes this perfect, complete circle. He's looking at it and says, this is complete. This is full. This is without lack, right? And we know we're not perfect, right? (laughs) Do you know that? Do I have to tell you? You We're not perfect. We mess up all the time. But when we approach this book, James likes to point out, hey, guess what? Our lives isn't that perfect circle. We don't always fall into that perfect category. And, and, and as we go throughout life, we need to figure out, hey, I'm a believer and I should be doing these things. But when I go to work, I'm over here. <laughs> I should be in this little circle, but when I talk to my friends, I'm down here. Anything outside that circle. So when he's talking about completeness, when he's talking about steadfastness, producing right, so at full effect, have that picture in your mind of a, of a circle, perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Once again, picture this circle, but but it's not just one circle. It's it's, It's got that weird like double circle thing going on where you have a little thing in the middle what is it, Venn diagram? I went to school, right? And you got that little thing in the, in the middle where it's like, yeah, I go to church. That's my overlap. But all of this, all of me, is outside of what it's supposed to be. Right? We went to summer camp. This fit in perfectly. We went to summer camp. We're talking about, we had this theme of unshaken. And, and it's the story uh, it's the rock Bible verse where it's, uh, it's all this talk about like build your house on a rock, right? And there's a wise man and he built his house on a rock and storms came, the wind blew, the, the rain came, the waters grew and the house stood. And there was an unwise man who, who, who built his house on sand and problems came, issues rose, the rain came, the wind blew, the house is gone. Having a house on, on, on sand is pretty, 
it's going to cost you more probably, <laughs> right? Like actual, but it's not very smart for the long term. Your foundation erodes. Everything is gone. And, and that beautiful house that, hey, it might have strong walls. It might have a strong roof. Without a foundation, it's gone. And, and that's what it's saying here too, that, that if you live this double uh, double-edged life, this double standard life, winds are going to come. You got no foundation. And, and as we have no foundation, we're going to blow this way, blow that way. Nothing is going to hold us firm. Nothing is going to hold us down. Uh, verse 9, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. Going old school, there we go. And the rich in his humiliation. What? Shouldn't that be backwards? The lowly brother and his exaltation. And the rich in his humiliation. Why? Because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat. Amen. And, and withers the grass, its flowers falls, and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. See, James likes to make exaggerations sometimes. He likes to make uh, just uh, uh, categorical statements that just, hey, if you're rich, if this is all that you are, if you are defined as the rich man, that's your name in the Bible, that's who you are as a person, and that's who you are as a personality trait. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to die. Just like everyone else. What's that money going to help you with? Nothing. So, so that, 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 that I, the idea of someone who's striving after money their entire life is humiliating it's a kid who loses friends over a dumb toy it doesn't matter it's someone obsessed over something that just isn't important and it's so hard for us because we're trained from day one that this is it that that money is kind of all you need right you got to retire and you got to retire with wealth. Well, how do you get there? You got to be, you know, smart with your investments. And you have to have a good job. And you got to go to a good school. And you got to do extracurriculars. And you got, you know, it starts at the very young age. And we train up kids like that. How is their life going to end? That's saying, hey, this is what you need to do to have a successful life end of the day when they die let's just be honest it's humiliating no one has ever said i wish i had one more dollar on their deathbed no one has ever said i need 50 more cents no one has ever said those things said i wish my son was here i wish my dad relational i wish i had one more day to say one more thing why it's that double standard life. We're supposed to be in the circle. 
It's safe. It's wonderful. But we constantly try to move out of it. Uh, Verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted by the devil, by Satan. No. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Man, I don't like that. <laughs> like, I like saying, like, oh, man, it's somebody else's fault. Oh, man, uh, uh, bad heritage. My parents set me up for failure. I, you know, it's easy. It's nice. But at the end of the day, it's, it's our own desires. It's our own fault, right? You get this beautiful scene. It's a terrible scene, but it's, you're hunting yourself. You're in your own house. You put bait out there. You put a lure out there. You put traps out there, and you say, wow, there's some cheese. I'm going to get it right? And you totally forget, hey, this is a trap. Ridiculous, I know. But how many of us set ourselves up for failure all the time? We enter into a conversation we know is not a good conversation. We enter into a relationship we know is not a good relationship. We go to a place, we do a thing, whatever it may be, we set the trap for us all the time, and then we're shocked when the trap goes off. No idea it was coming. We do it all the time, folks, right? Uh, his own desires, verse 15. Then desire, when it conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is f- fully grown, brings forth death. See, there's another circle. There's, there's the God circle that we were talking about. There's another circle. And this circle can be full as well. It can be complete as well, right? We set the trap, we fall for the trap, and then we die. Whose fault? Ours. We set the trap, we fall for it, we die. Our fault, right? Uh, blessed, I already did that. Verse 16, wrapping it up. It's, it's, it's hot, man. I'm setting up for second service. Don't worry. Uh, do, not, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So this is, this is going back to like, oh, God's tempting me. God put me in this situation. God did this evil thing to me to show that I'm stronger or whatever, right? No, uh, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of of his creation. First fruits, a devotion to God. Whenever you see first fruits in the Bible, it is explicitly saying this is meant for God. Crops meant for God. That's what God wanted. 
Way back when, if you were to give crops, livestock, anything, he wanted the first. Why? Priority. Instability. If you get one check and you don't know if another check is coming and you give that check to God, trust. Knowing that, hey, crops may come, livestock may come, but even more importantly, God is already here. I'm not banking on something that might happen. I'm banking on something that is happening right now. And because of that, I give my first. I give my best. I give, I give whatever it is, I give to God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Uh, like I said, uh, the title of the message, Wisdom, Wealth, and Winning. Uh, I also, a little comma, um, I don't know, slash, something like that. It might be trials of various kinds. I thought of that too. I was going back and forth. But hey, uh, either way, I want to talk about some tests today. Ooh, that's fun, right? We're in summer. Talk about tests, right? Uh, these are good. Remember, happy Sunday. And it's going to be a little bizarre because of this first one, right? The test of hardship. And this is, once again, happy Sunday. Test of hardship. This is not the test of failure. I want to make sure you understand that. This is not the test of failure. This is the test of hardship. This is when things happen that's not great. Anytime in your life where we're, we're tempted, things are bad's happening, uh, everything is going wrong, uh, the basement is flooding, because it is. The mic's not work, because it, you know, all the things that possibly could happen is happening, right? Uh, and, and this is that test. Verse two through four, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing your face produces steadfastness. Whenever anything is happening, you have choices. Anything. You have choices. The worst, darkest place in your life, you have a choice. It might not be great. It, it, it certainly is bad. But you could look at that and say, what is God doing here? What am I learning here? Right now, you have a bad relationship with someone. You, you constantly find you, you have a bad relationship with your boss. That's a that's a lose lose situation, right? I, I've had that in the past where it's just it, you can't say anything right, you can't do anything right. You're just waiting for the day to be fired. Not now, right? You're just waiting. What are you learning? What is God doing? What is God doing in that person? What is God doing in you, right? And let steadfastness fastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. And, and, and here's, here's the point. Verse nine, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. That even if you're broke, even if everyone has a priority that you don't, even if the world is going against you, even when everyone is saying you did something wrong, you made bad life decisions. You, you made bad investments. 
You have nothing. You don't have property. You don't have money. You don't have 401k. You don't have retirement. All that stuff. You can boast and say, yes, I also have Jesus. And that says a lot more than saying, I got stocks and I bought Dogecoin really early and I bought this and that, the other thing. I got on that AMC early, you know? All those things, in comparison, is nothing when you say, yeah, I got Jesus. (laughs) Everything's gonna be okay. And even if it's not, I got all eternity. So this 70, 80, 90, 100 years, so minuscule compared You know the age-old saying, when life gives you lemons, God gives you key lime pie. And I thought of that, and I've never thought of something more true in my entire life. You expect good. You expect God to make it better. You expect God to use that thing and make something okay, something good, something refreshing. But instead of that, You know what I noticed? He makes something that you did not expect at all. That's something that you would say is impossible, unlikely. Things that you would never possibly imagine. If you had a five-year plan, you said, hey, I'm gonna do this and eventually I'm gonna make lemonade. God's saying, no, that's funny. Watch. I'm gonna do something amazing. And it's gonna be the best key lime pie you've ever had in your life. And it's unexpected, it's a surprise, it's impossible, and it happened. Test of hardship. Expect, not the unexpected, expect impossible. Relationships change. Expect to go to camp, and the kids that you're like, yeah, they're just here for girls, or they're here for friends, or they're getting baptized, (laughs) and you go to Mexico and you're just like, man, it's going to be hot and man, it's going to, and I don't know, people aren't coming and people, I don't know. Houses, families coming who, who you don't expect and they're coming every single day to help and bring food and sodas because they know the sacrifice that was made to be there and, and, and relationships who we don't see them. We see them like twice a year. Maybe if you go like the extra trip or whatever, you might see them three times. Some of the strongest relationships I have are across a border with people I never see. Why? It's not connection on on things fickle. It's not because we send them money or it's not because Jesus. That, yeah, it's hard. And yeah, Camp Brock is a lot of work and I don't know. And how are we gonna... Every single year, folks, around January, February, March, I have a little like anxiety attack and like a little one because I'm like how in the world is this summer going to happen every single summer 
without a doubt. Right? I, I look at it and I say, there's Mexico and then there's Mexico and there's summer camp and there's Camp Rock and then there's gonna be another thing and, and there's gonna be, because everyone wants to get married, there's gonna be like two or three mar- weddings I gotta go to. I might have to do one and I'm stressed and it's worried and I'm scared and I'm like, how are we gonna do all these things and just do church? And then August hits every year and I'm like, holy cow, God's good. I can't wait for August, right? Like, I'm in this place where it's like, oh, no. What if August came early? What if the hundreds of times God has got us through whatever we're dealing with proves that whatever we're going through now, he's gonna be okay. He can handle it. That, that bill that we can't pay, it, it's okay. The relationship that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It's gonna be okay. Why? Because he's done it a lot of times. <laughs> a lot of times. Test of hardship. Number two, test of success. And, and um, this is one that I think we mess up on even more than failure, even more than hardship. Going to God when you have nothing, it's easy. Speaking from someone who had nothing for a while there, <laughs> who just, we, we had a lot of debt, right? That's like, we had a lot of that. And like, we were like really set on that. But like, we had nothing else. So, so going to God and saying, God, like, I, uh, we need a check. That's all we had. There's no other options, <laughs> It was hard. Is now it's like, oh gosh, saving debt is gone. What do we do? I'm scared. Adulting. I want to go back to like Power Ranger days because that was fun. What if God is, is giving you success to get your attention? What if God is giving Rock Bible Church success? to get our attention, that all this construction is going on and all this stuff, and somehow 2020 was, like, profitable. Like, you know, we didn't, like, close our doors forever because he wants our attention. See, I, um, I, I, was, I was talking to, this is years ago, right, uh, a couple just got married. Uh, my old students got married, and uh, they they were just talking to me about like you know like just like normal stuff. I don't know if you've ever been in these conversations, but usually like as a pastor, like it happens very quickly. Like you have a very normal conversation, and then like a turn happens, and it gets really deep, and you're like, okay, hold on, right? Like, and the turn was like, hey. Like, we're just like, we're not dealing with all these problems that like normal people are dealing with. Like usually first year is like really, it's really good. And then it's like, right? Like you get home from the honeymoon and you're like, you're still here, you know, like, yeah. And and it gets hard and you start fighting and they're like, I'm not dealing with that stuff. Great. What is God doing in your life then? What, how is he trying to get your attention? Why is this happening? It's awesome, but why is this happening? This is success that we all share 
somewhere in your life you have success, right? God is using that for a reason. Find it. So, first test, test of hardship. Second test, test of success. And uh, I did a little, like, I don't know, bamboozle, like a little, like, fooled you thing. Guess what? They're not really a test of, like, success and a hardship. What it really is talking about here, folks, they are both a test of wisdom. What are you going to do with it? God doesn't sit there at the end of the day, you know, on his throne, and he's like, what did you do with all your failures? And what did you do with all your successes? What did you do with my son? What? See, see, there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? And, and I, I, I like to kind of explain it like this. Usually it comes out a little bit differently. But um, knowledge is knowing that you have a great job, a degree, great family, Right? Wisdom is knowing that you had nothing to do with it. <laughs> God puts you in that place with those specific talents that drew you all the way, all every single path along the way, uh, removed obstacles, put things, uh, put people in the in the way to guide you, to show you. Right? Knowledge is saying that hey, it's really great that like I decided to go to DVC for two years because it saved me a ton of money. And, and, um, and then I, I went to a four-year degree, and then I met my wife, right? Wisdom is knowing that before God created me, created Ashley, created anything, he knew that, I was, <laughs> that, that, that DVC was going to happen. And because I spent two years going to community college, a lesser school, that, that it, all those things would be planned out. And I would, I would be ordained to meet my wife exactly there. And if those things didn't happen, there'd be not a chance that I would have ever met her. When it's in my control, things go wrong 100% of the time. My, my wisdom, my wisdom, my knowledge is flawed. It's wrong. And that's why it's so great that, that it's not about our wisdom. It's about God's wisdom. It's about God, right? Uh, verse 14, over 16 through 17. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. What a good day to have communion. There's so many ways that you can approach communion. Uh, most commonly in the Bible, they talk about, hey, don't approach this laissez-faire, just like eh, lukewarm. Don't just eat a meal. Don't just do this because we have to. Don't just do this because remember, There was a struggle for communion. There was hardships for communion. We could sit there and take it out of guilt. And oh, why? Why, why did you do this? Why? You could take it out of the success that like, I deserve this. <laughs> that like, yeah, like I'm the first fruits, right? Like, oh yeah. 
you be somewhere in the middle, somewhere wisdom is, and say, yeah, there's a lot going on. And I don't even fully understand this. But God does. I don't get what all of this is about. I don't understand that he's, his actual body is symbolic. God told me to do it. I'm going to do it. What if we approach life like that? Just in general. I'm going to pray. Band's going to come up, sing a song. Anytime during that song, feel free. Come up, take communion. Um, go back to your seats. Pray, do whatever you got to do. Be alone, be together, sing. Just remember, don't take it lightly. That this is a big deal. Father, we pray for today. We thank you for all the blessings that you've given us, God. We thank you that um, you, you came down on the cross, you died out of love. And I thank you that we don't understand it all the time, that we don't get it, that, that you are bigger than our finite ways, that you are bigger than, than our way of thinking, that way, our way of understanding, God. I pray that we can devote this special time to you. Amen. Jesus, renew our Jesus, renew our Jesus, renew our Make some new wine, man. That's a good song. Father, I just pray for this day. Give it to you. I pray that we, when, we, when we face hardships, when we face success, that we find your wisdom in it, God. Pray for all these things in your name. Amen. Go with him.